0: The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. From Illinois and New York, it's the Paternity Test. This week, pasta for four forever, fatherhood for the hearing impaired, crappy plastic toys your kids will love, and the death of not believing in death. And now, three guys dedicated to keeping capri pants in fashion, here are the dads.
1: Hello and welcome, to. So 13 of The Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs.
2: I'm Matt Barrazi in Chicago.
0: And I'm Dave Engel in upstate New York.
1: Welcome back to the podcast that swears by that ancient Klingon proverb, I have my never-ending pasta pass from Olive Garden. Today is a good day to die. It's back, huh?
2: October 5th then is it... your first day to go commit suicide by pasta.
0: I guess none of us got the pass then, huh? Nah. I didn't get there in the first five minutes, so it was gone.
2: Yeah, you had to be ready. You had to camp out in front of your, your own computer in your house in a tent. <laughs> <laughs> had to be in a tent. I don't have a an Olive Garden. I don't think that's geographically desirable. Todd, you have one by you probably, right?
1: I'm surrounded by Olive Garden. I mean, you make
2: a circuit. Yeah. When you go make into a cholesterol a minute, yeah. circuit around your house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I could stop at three on my way to work.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> Dan, do I you have, have some? I have one, but I know where Todd lives, and – Todd lives in in the center of Suburbatopia.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. you
0: can go to three different Home Depots. You can hit eight different Fuddruckers.
2: Mm-hmm. It, you can see it really them from is each bizarre. Other. It's like <laughs> it's like Starbucks in the early two thousand. You, you could jump from Buffalo Wild Wings to Buffalo Wild Wings on the roofs like Hubert and light them up as you go to Todd's house.
1: There's honestly, like, I get to the first main road of my street, and there is a Chase Bank and a Walgreens, and you take a right. And a half mile, half a mile down the road, there is a Chase Bank and a Walgreens right next to each other again. And yeah, uh, that
2: way the people who work at the Chase Bank and the Walgreens, if they need to stop by a Chase Bank or a Walgreens on their way home,
0: they have options. They don't have to be embarrassed
2: to shop at work. Well, I see that this year the Pasta Pass they sold a thousand Pasta Passes, and they sold a thousand Pasta Family Passes. That's new. So now, you could you take yourself out, you can take your family with you.
1: I wish I would have known. Because I, I would have put some effort into trying to get a family pasta pass because, I mean, Ellie's obsessed with pasta. That's pretty much all she eats. And I'll never turn down some good, you know, well, okay, it's pasta. I don't say good pasta because it is Olive Garden.
0: I don't know. Boiled in a say. bag pasta. Boiled in
1: a bag pasta, yeah. Some good table wine. I would be determined, though, to get my $300 out of it. I would be tracking. Okay, this, this this trip would have been worth 48 bucks. Okay, there we go. Mm-hmm.
2: First, you'd put the pasta pass on your rewards card, and then you'd go there and you'd figure out exactly. You'd be like, kids, count the breadsticks. You're not eating enough breadsticks. One more breadstick for everybody before we leave. How do they know that if you come in for lunch that all of your coworkers aren't your siblings?
1: They call it a family pass. It just says three guests, so I don't oh. think they're going to care. Like, they're not going to, oh, you know. That's
0: so, genius.
1: Yeah, so it's like, you know, oh, you yeah. could walk in with your coworkers. It doesn't include booze. No, all you right? get is a, you get a pasta dish, right? It's ridiculous. You
2: got to gotta bring your own box of wine.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and now it's time for Health Beat. This is the part of the show where we talk about what your bowels should be doing.
1: Well, I don't know a lot about what my bowels should be doing right now, but I did go have a hearing assessment a couple weeks ago i mentioned that things of i felt like i noticed a difference in a couple things and we had some weird audio on the show one week and that freaked me out because i thought it was i didn't know if it was my ears or the equipment or what it was that's pretty
2: funny so listeners who listened two weeks ago and heard the like super bad i mean we always have reasonably bad audio but like when we had the super bad audio todd heard it but he'd blown his ear balls out on some speakers at work yeah and so he thought that it was his own deafness and not a problem with the taping yeah Which like it'll oh,
1: sound fine when someone with good ears hears it Dave,
0: you said did you get
1: because uh, you have tinnitus or something right
0: yeah the, thanks for reminding me about the bell that's always ringing can you, in my can ear you hear that right in, okay, i can you, always i can always sort of forget about it until someone until says someone how's your tinnitus <laughs> and then all of a sudden i hear this bell ringing in my ear 24 what? hours a day but it's just until i die
1: I, it's, oh, it's not
0: it's <laughs> only until my heart stops and my something happens to my soul
1: would it suck if you died and in the afterlife you still had tinnitus
0: it depends what the afterlife's like i mean it's either going to be better or worse it's not going to be the same if it's better <laughs> i imagine i'll care less about my tinnitus maybe
1: death is just tinnitus it's just you, just oh. you, you in in black, hearing.
0: I don't know. <laughs> you know, I I have to I have to apologize to my daughter, because I got all emotional about getting tinnitus from her screaming in my ear. Yeah. And I I thought about it for a week or two, and I'm like, you know what? This really is something because I'm not super in tune with my body. I know that probably <laughs> uh, strikes a lot of people as odd. I was thinking back to some other things that had happened in, I've always sort of had an on and off ringing in my ear, <laughs> but you just tune it out and you forget about it for six months. I remember back in fifth grade, this girl named Stephanie
2: Schmieder. She was the drum major at my junior high. I love it when people put actual names in their yeah. anecdotes because it always sounds made up.
0: It always sounds made up because there's no person in the world you would think would be named Stephanie Schmieder. But she was. Anyway, she came up to me while I was talking to one of my friends because she wanted everyone's attention. And she took her whistle and she blew her band whistle about three inches from my right ear. And so I really think when it comes down to it, that's what it was.
2: You're just trying to preserve your relationship with your daughter by blaming it on Stephanie Schmieder.
0: Yeah, I mean, kind of. But I do feel that I was sort of blocking that out. It is angry that my daughter had screamed in my ear and all of a sudden mm-hmm. I could, because when that happens, you immediately kind of hear that whistle, that bell, and you're like, oh, sh- oh no, I, like, what happened? You know, like, oh, you just damaged my hearing. But in fact, I've heard it before. I just feel right. like I'm much more aware of it now. I just feel like I'm much more aware of everything that kind of happens with my body now than I was 20 years ago. So when you, you went know? to
1: the doctor, did you go to a, was it your doctor or was it like an audiologist then?
0: I went to an audio well I went to my general practitioner, yeah, and he sent me to an audiologist mm-hmm. and and that guy said, yeah you've got you know so a sort of a mid range frequency Because what happens is the sound these little hair follicles mm-hmm. in your inner ear get jacked up when people blow a whistle in it. And Stephanie (laughs)
1: Schmeidel or. Yeah, Schmieder.
0: (laughs) Schmieder. Damn you, Schmieder. And it damages those follicles. Yeah. So what happens is they don't send the proper signal to your brain. And so that whistle is actually being produced by your brain forever. Because it's confused. Stephanie
2: Schmieder's whistle is forever in your ear holes.
0: Right. So it's it's actually very similar to uh, phantom pain mm-hmm. when someone loses a limb because your body is sending signals, the nerves are sending signals that aren't responding and so it sends pain to it. Yeah. Well,
2: that's clearly it. that's what that's the only way to resolve all this is to cut off one of Stephanie Schmieter's limbs.
0: Yeah, I think <laughs> if Stephanie Schmieter's listening, I, I would like to have a conversation about, <laughs> about the last uh, 28 years of my life and how much of a
2: pain in the butt you've caused me. I'd uh, like to have a very loud conversation very close to your head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I went to the uh, audiologist and uh, they did, they, you know, he did a series of tests, including Kelly. My wife had to be there because uh, they want someone that you l- listen to every day that you, whose voice you hear every day. They put me in a soundproof booth and stick special earplugs in that to hear things. And they run frequencies through your ears and, you push a button every time you hear it. So he did that and I realized that I was not pushing the button very much when he was testing my right ear. Okay. I'm like well, this is a problem.
0: Was he messing with you or are you going deaf?
1: Well, he was pretty blunt about it. Like as soon as he finished the right ear, he goes, he you know, he comes on the little monitor. It's like a you know, it's like I'm in a recording booth on by myself. So he turns on right. the his microphone. and He goes, "You have significant hearing loss in your right ear." Wow. And I and I freaked out a little bit. I'm like, "What? Significant?" And he goes, "Well, Severe and, uh,
0: <laughs> i don 't want to alarm you i 'm sorry, but let it's, me be clear it 's terrible, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it has in my left ear. my left ear is normal, but when he shows so he shows me a graph afterwards, imagine looking at like uh, an e q of a stereo where the low frequencies are on the left, high frequencies on the right, and on my my left ear, there was a little bit of a dip at the higher frequencies, but it stayed within the normal range. And on my right ear, you get to—I believe it was right around like 4,000 k, which is you know, like 4,000 kilohertz, which is a high-pitch noise. And it drops into the range. You know, the the graph has like average, mild—I forget the other ones—and then severe. And then and so I drop all the way down to severe for a big chunk of the high frequencies, in just in my right ear. And then it comes back up towards the top again. But
0: what do they attribute this to? Just well,
1: just I, age? I think I think it's not age. I think it's. It could be partially hereditary. I mean, my dad was. Uh, what do they call that when you deaf? Well... <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: no. When he got called to be drafted, he got what is that, four F yeah. or four, <laughs> four H?
2: Yeah. Four H is four you <laughs> get called to be drafted, but you're grooming a cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got the. You got the
0: the most beautiful sow in the land. <laughs>
1: So anyway, at, at 18 or whatever it was, 19, whenever he, was, uh, whenever he went in for the test to get drafted, he couldn't go because he had bad hearing in at least one ear or something. He was in a rock band when he was a teenager, so he could have blown out his ears. I don't know. He did some other tests, and so he knew- Ironically,
2: his loud Vietnam protest songs made him <laughs> ineligible for Vietnam. Eligible. So he did another test. So they te- turned on the monitor, and the monitor dropped. There's little pictures on the side It dropped below— into the superior ring. Below Nugent, and it dropped yeah. past uh, Lou Ferrigno, and uh-huh. it dropped, right. dropped <laughs> it past the guy in the Yeah, there's the... a picture. yeah Matlin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, so he did another test that tests, like, the, the cochlear response, which is in your ear. So he's trying to figure out, is the hearing loss attributed to, like, my eardrum, my middle ear, or back there in the, you know, where those, like, days talked about those little hairs that you have. Mm -hmm. And it's the little hairs because because without even me doing anything, he could he was able to stick something in my ear, play some tones and get a reading that could measure that response back there somehow. And it was the same drop off. So he's like, it's the kind of damage you can't reverse. It's nothing you can do anything about. You know, it might be attributed to my earlier years right after college when I worked a lot of like rock band stuff and. You know, I'd go home from working, like, weekend festivals and things, and I'd go home, and my ears would ring for two days. Wow. You know, I mean, it was, like, it was loud. Yeah. And you're 23, 22, or what? You're not thinking about, oh, I better get my earplugs in. You're working a 12-hour day, but then the entire 12 hours, you're in front of giant PA systems. And I wasn't the sound guy, so I wasn't really thinking about my ears. I was just, like, the stage manager, so I would run around and... Uh, I needed to be able to hear the people that I was talking to, so I couldn't wear earplugs.
2: So you need to call Ian Anderson of Jethro Tull and tell him you need to have a word with him?
1: Yeah, I, I have some aging rockers I need to call up <laughs> and uh, have a word with him. But the the part where I really started to freak out a little bit is when he, after he got all the results, he said, okay, let's come near the room. And he sent me out and he goes, you need to wear a hearing aid for that.
2: What? What? I You're said, need a full head transplant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> it's tough because like Kelly was there with me so like I was trying not to like make eye contact with her because I get emotional sometimes and I didn't want to freak out but I was freaking out on the inside you know what was confusing me is that I can hear in the right ear it's just that there's an area that drops off and it's not the most important area because the human voice is more in that middle range
0: right Like right. I
1: could hear voices well
0: so give what this he's an saying is an example of what you can't hear do you not hear your daughter what, screaming that she's On fire? Well, what (laughs) happens
1: is you lose the sounds of words that are in that higher range, like the S's and the H's, and that's what causes you to start losing words. You start to misunderstand words because you don't hear the S's and the H's as clearly because those sounds fall into that higher range. But the reason he says I need to wear a hearing aid. What do you mean,
2: holy it, you've been odd?
1: the reason he says i need to wear the hearing aid is cuz those nerves that dave was talking about that his are all jacked up mine aren't getting the stimulation and basically he says if they don't get stimulation they will atrophy and they will get worse and your hearing will get worse in that ear because it's not getting those nerves aren't getting stimulated and the nerves around those will start to die out and, and your
2: head will start to dissolve on one side that's
1: right <laughs> <laughs> so like
2: two face
1: so he actually like he got out he got out a hearing aid programmed it and put it in my ear and i was sitting there with a hearing aid in my ear and kind of freaking out a little bit about being a but, 30 well year did old. you notice
0: the difference i mean
1: well yeah you could notice the difference i don't know that i liked the difference because it sounded unnatural to me but he also said it's going to sound weird because you're not used to hearing these frequencies in that ear <laughs> eventually it's You get used to it and it sounds normal. And the other, there's two things about it that made me emotional. One is that I'm 38 and and I've got to think about wearing a hearing aid the rest of my life now. Now, I did say, like, you don't have to wear it all the time. You don't have to wear it to work, but you should wear it some hours every day, multiple hours every day. So, whether sitting at home watching TV, whatever, as often as I can, because that stimulates, it'll keep those nerves intact. But the other part about it was that a hearing aid is $1,500 to start. Like, that's the cheapest one. Oh, and insurances don't cover hearing aids. I just like what do you mean
2: insurance doesn't cover a hearing aids. Insurance
1: aid? does not cover a hearing aid. That's why my dad doesn't have hearing aids. I talked to my dad afterwards. He's like, yeah, I need hearing aids, too. I can't afford them. They're, it costs oh. them $4,000 for a pair of hearing aids out of pocket.
2: No, no way. Yes. The boomers yeah. put up with that? The boomers are I all deaf how, now?
0: Exactly. I don't Boomers know how. all
2: blew their eardrums out listening to Thin Lizzy. Like,
0: yeah. yeah, but the boomers of the last generation have a pension. So you know
1: can, what I mean? Yeah, they still got right. money coming in. So that was the other thing. I'm like, then I look at Kelly. I'm like, are we, are we dropping fifteen hundred bucks right now on a, on a hearing aid for me?
2: Sorry, we're not going to Disney World, kids. But look at Daddy's sweet new bell tone complete. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's I'm just...
0: looking right now for eBay. you can't
1: get You can get. <laughs> I'm not getting an eBay hearing aid.
0: Well, you want to spend fifteen hundred dollars? To... I'm your friend.
2: First thing it pops up. I took this off my grandpa's corpse, but I wiped it off.
0: The it says "small in the ear, invisible best sound amplifier, adjustable tone hearing aid for nine ninety nine.
1: You see those on Sunday morning commercials?
2: It's like spy gear from Toys R Us. Yeah, R. spy gear. Wow, man. You know,
1: this is when the doctor has to program. So basically, it it will make my right ear match my left ear. You know, it's not like it just turns mm-hmm. everything up; it only turns up those frequencies. Kelly drove separate because she came from work, so she went to go pick up the kids and. I got in my car, and you just have, start having those little mini freakouts. And I had a total freakout in the car. like, And not a big deal. Like, now looking back, I'm like, okay, it's not a big deal. But it's one of those moments of— First thing to go. First thing to go, man. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's the start of the decline. And not— oh, A yeah. blow across the bow. For a while, but it's a blow across the bow for sure.
2: It's The canary in the coal mine of your imminent demise. <laughs>
1: yes yes so well
2: no
0: it's true it's like it's it's like someone telling you you gotta walk with a cane now yeah. or you, you gotta get dentures or i thought I was, I was really going weird. There. you said
2: you're gonna have to wear a hearing aid now and otherwise the uh the nerve damage is gonna get worse and and I, and this seems strange but you're also gonna have to wear this adult diaper uh, because <laughs> those connect directly to your bowels
0: well <laughs> and you have cancer
2: this is a, this is a package deal
1: you know, I, I went there thinking I was going to I was going there to just get a baseline. Like, I, you know, as a professional who deals with sound enough that I'd like to know where I am, I'd like to get a baseline. I didn't go there going, man, I can't hear. My father-in-law just went this summer and got hearing aids. And he's, you know, he's 64 or whatever. And well, uh, I don't think 38, I thought, I'll just get a baseline and right. know where I'm at. And, and the doctor would say, OK, this is where you're at. You do have some deficiencies. Not at thirty eight saying you do need to wear a hearing aid for this to avoid slipping into dementia, which is basically what he said. Because he handed me some research. He goes, Here's the other reason why you need why it's important to do this. They've started linking now hearing loss with dementia. Because what? you have to work so hard to try to listen to you break
2: your brain? what
1: you hear that your brain can't <laughs> well, your brain can't then process that stuff into memory. All you're doing is like, you know, getting by for that moment and it interferes with other processes because you have to work so hard to try to hear.
0: Dude, you've got to get this hearing aid. To me,
1: it freaked me more out about my dad. Like, I'm I'm thinking about my dad. Right. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, he needs, he needs hearing aids. You know, so then I'm like, well, maybe I'll buy him hearing aids. We could share them. <laughs> I'll use one of his every God. once in a while.
0: You know, I think the takeaway here, at least in terms of your own ego, is this doesn't mean you're old. It just means you have a bizarre sort of defect in your hearing this isn't normal for a 38 year old doesn't make you old it just makes you broken And well, that's I, there is consolation in that i think
2: you know? i guess there is i just, you just need to develop a taste for watching cbs and i
1: <laughs> very loudly
0: yes very loudly <laughs> i asked
1: kelly i go i go so now you know because when i sit in the living room she's in the kitchen and always on my right and the kitchen's on my right I said so. All those times that you you say something and I and I go what I didn't hear you and you're like never mind. Don't I get a free pass now? And she, she was like no. She's like I just I just don't think you were listening to me then. I don't think it was your hearing. So I tried to pull the free. I already like it. We weren't. We hadn't even left the doctor's office yet, and I was already like trying to pull a sympathy card for it. I'm like it didn't work at all. No, it doesn't. It I have lots of play. good seasons of NCIS to look forward to. Oh, for and Balls
2: NCIS and, uh, New Orleans.
1: New Orleans and. NCIS, your bathroom.
2: And the good news is they've all got closed captioning for the hearing impaired. I'm really it's... surprised that you have to wear I mean, I figured he'd just say, look, you lost a bunch of hearing. Yeah, that's, right. that's exactly back. what I thought
1: it would be. He'd say, yeah, you've lost, you've lost some hearing, and you'll just have to keep track of it. And I'm sure and in 20 years you might need some assistance.
2: I'll tell you what, my buddy Rob from high school, he has congenital nerve deafness mm-hmm. and is noticeably deaf. He turned and 40 he, and
1: last he, week. And he's never considered having hearing aids?
2: Uh, We haven't talked about it to that extent. Yeah. Like, he well, had said that his wife was annoyed by his deafness, and I hadn't noticed until we went on the our high school guy's weekend in yeah. August, and then I realized that he couldn't hear a goddamn thing anybody was saying, and that he talks too loud.
1: Wow. Well, I'll tell him he's going he's gonna to go crazy if he doesn't get hearing aids. He's going to... Yeah. He's going to suffer dementia. from dementia and depression
2: He's going to need a bracelet Because he's going to go wandering down his block <laughs>
1: Maybe that's what I need that's what to ask for Kelly wants, wants to know what I want for Christmas Just give me a medical ID are going
0: to go wandering into the woods
1: <laughs> Give me a life alert
2: He's on the phone Alex It's the police They phoned dad again <laughs> I can't. He's at Walmart just eating fried chicken Right out of the deli he's like, in the
0: junior section trying on (laughs) sweatshirts don't fit him (laughs) this is is terrible i don't know anyone ate pound cake from walmart (laughs) put away two of them sir
2: please get your dad out of here hey folks you already shop on amazon why not put those dollars to work keeping this show on the air it's very simple when you want to shop on Amazon, please go to paternitypodcast.com and go to the support page. You will see a big old Amazon button there. And when you click on it, it will open up a big Amazon screen. And all you have to do is do your Amazon shopping. You don't sign up for anything, you don't sign up for a password, you don't pay extra. You just shop on Amazon. Amazon knows you came through the portal, and they send a portion of their profits to us, and we use that to pay for the show. It's that simple. It really helps us out, so please. The next time you get that itch to get uh, get a box sent to you in an hour, you go through our portal, and uh, and we will reap uh, some uh, some of the benefits. Uh, guys, have you ever? You have daughters. Have yeah. you ever heard of these things called Shopkins? Todd is just telling me about them. Really?
1: It's yeah. Ellie and her friends are obsessed with Shopkins trade them with each other to get the ones you want, and there's rare ones out there. They're, you know, like collector's cards for girls, I guess. They're a little expensive. I was surprised at how expensive they are for what they are. I mean, they're a tiny little
2: piece of rubber
1: that, you know, I was explaining to Dave, they kind of look like what you would used to stick on the ends of your pencils, you know, like a little extra eraser thing. You'd yeah,
2: stick on. I was thinking they were like erasers. Like if you got a little, a little colored eraser that looked like a strawberry or something, like that's what it is yeah. with the face.
1: I mean they don't do anything. They're just these little figures, but your the whole idea is like to collect them. A 12-pack is like 10 bucks on Amazon. Yeah.
2: a yeah, two pack is 3.50.
0: Jeez.
1: And they're tiny. They're teeny tiny. And they don't there's... even erase? No. No. Cuz they're... No,
2: they're they're hard plastic and they well they're not hard plastic, but they're Yeah. They're plastic Semi-hard. and then they come with play sets. Yeah, so you can
1: get little set play them sets them for them, them, you know. So
2: there's
0: inanimate objects that have yeah.
2: that come with yeah. They
0: come with like places so, to live.
1: Yeah, like there's a vehicle and there's yeah, like little play sets and houses. And it's funny cuz these things that are what a shopkin is in terms of the actual shopkin itself is that it's store-bought items with faces on it. So it's an ice cream cone or it's a uh, waffle iron or is
2: consumerism about consumerism? Like it is consumer goods It is anthropomorphized consumer goods. Yeah. These are the real geniuses of the consumer society. These, these people who
0: can figure out how to sell things to six-year-olds are, are the genius. It's not Steve Jobs. It's not the people who can talk to rational adults, right? Educated adults. It's how do we sell things to people who can't formulate a, a rational thought of what would really make them happy? It's It's this. Yeah. It, it takes a genius to come up with it.
1: Well, like Ellie had, you know, one of them she has is a pair of boots, and she loves it because she loves boots, you know? <laughs> and so she loves her boots wow. Yeah. Did, did, did
2: Viva just had a birthday? Did anyone, anyone buy yeah, her Shopkins? Yeah, somebody bought her Shopkins, and I heard two oh, kids at the, at the preschool mention Shopkins, but I didn't know what they were. And then she got a set, and it's a little bakery, and it comes with two bake items with faces, and she's completely into it. And it's just a little plastic bakery and then you can take the little people yes. and you can put them in the bakery case or take them out of the bakery or put them in a little blender and have them swing in a circle like they're on a swing, but she she has played with it nonstop. Mm-hmm. And you know, I am addicted to toys of my youth and we come from the 80s and we come from the like right, that 80, that that era when they deregulated television and suddenly everything was a 30-minute toy commercial. And so it's hard for me to, ju- like, I don't get particularly bent out of shape about marketing towards kids and being, you know, blatant in seducing children to buy your crap because right. I was seduced, enjoyed it, and still allow myself to be molested by Hasbro in, now that I'm 40. <laughs> so I can't, I can't really be kind of setting about it when I love G.I. Joe. And all that was, was giving a backstory to plastic dudes so that you wanted to buy all of them. And the next year they said, oh, more plastic dudes join the team and they have new vehicles. Oh, I got to get those now because uh, it just made it into this narrative you had to follow. I noticed, though, that things got more insidious when Pokemon came along in the 90s or whenever that happened because they built the notion of collecting right into the narrative. You right. got to catch them all. And Shopkins really has get them all like written all over the box.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's very <laughs> I mean, it is about collecting them and they don't really hide that right I, it's
2: it, it's fa- it's things you buy with faces on them that you're supposed to buy all of it's so blatant in what it is
0: it's crazy when i get baseball sticker books and you'd have to buy buy you know you'd buy baseball cards and it come with a sticker and then you're like a crack addict trying to fill in cuz you're begging them. your parents to you know so you could get you buy you the know, sticker Tommy book. Her, yeah
2: and you buy the, the sticker book or the card book, and then you have to fill it in. So it's telling you what you then have to subsequently purchase, right? But you don't.
0: The thing is, there is like a sticker, a pack of stickers, whatever it was, two fifty, but you didn't know what was inside the pack. So you're you're then just it's like gambling. You're just throwing money yeah. at the guy at the convenience store, saying, "Oh, come on, just give me Tommy Her. You know, come on, man. You know, and and you always and they're selling up.
2: you the same product over and over and over again because you're trying to get Tommy here, and that's blind bag items are huge now in children's toys. Mm-hmm. Todd, you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Every toy you can buy, you can get them in these blind bags where you yeah. pay three, four, five bucks for whether it's a tiny pony or a Lego Transformer or a Care Bear or a Shopkin. You don't know what's in that bag, and that means really? you're going to accidentally. Buy the same thing over and over and over again. Oh, God. I can't imagine buying my daughter's, like, something
0: for the third time. Huh? Their the reaction. Like, I can't imagine, that, like, the horrified reaction and then the terrible evening I'd have.
2: Do you remember the movie cards? Like, the Return of the Jedi tops cards? Yeah. And there are, like, 150 of them and each pack. You know, some of the packs would come with the checklist. Mm-hmm. and then you'd keep buying those same cards over and over, and you'd have doubles, triples, quadruples, and then you'd try to trade those with your friends, but they just kept selling you the same picture Job of the Hut, ten times. Now, the doubles not... thing
1: doesn't bother me as much cause, because I think Ellie likes the trading, so she wouldn't mind having doubles, so she has some to trade without giving up ones she
2: wants to keep. Right, she's a little commodity. I guess every generation has its little plastic blobs that it wants to collect. I mean, you could take that all the way back to Green Army Men, mm-hmm. but do you remember muscle things when we were kids? There were those pink... Pro wrestlers from space. Yeah. They're only about an inch high. Like we were Yeah, they're like aliens,
0: but they're all like beefed up on HGH. And
2: <laughs> Yes. Sadly, two-thirds of the muscle things aliens have died of heart attacks, suicide, or uh, alcoholism <laughs> since the One 80s.
0: One of them had a sex tape released.
2: <laughs> and the sex tape really wasn't what did him in. It was the racism. He was Hulk Hogan racist. He was racist on the sex tape, and that's why he got fired. What? <laughs> wow. Same thing's going to happen to the Shopkins. Oh, I really loved those boots until I found out they were racist.
1: If you like the paternity test, please help us tell other people about it. If you're an iPhone user, you can go to the podcast app on your phone and search for the show there. You can subscribe. You can also leave us a review while you're there. That would be great. It's quick and easy. If you're on any other device, use your favorite podcatching app, uh, search for the paternity test,
2: and subscribe. And tell your book club to forget about that new Janet Ivanovich book, 86 This or whatever, and read our monthly column, Viva Daddy, in Chicago Parent Magazine and the Paternity Test blog every week at chicagoparent.com. I want to give a shout out to the good people at Chicago Parent and uh, the Publishing Media Association. I got an opportunity this week to do a little comedy routine to kick off their Midwest Publishers Media Association Open House uh, in Chicago. I uh, had a good time with them. Uh, they they gave me some food. They gave me some booze. uh met some nice people. But I, I told some jokes. Didn't go too far. I think I lost them. I started to do a little riff on placenta eating and stuff, and, and I think oh. I lost them there. <laughs> uh, and when I lost them there, I really cut back on the breastfeeding jokes. Mm-hmm. And I just figured, you know, we're all in the parenting media, and everything's been placenta this, placenta that for a couple of years. I thought I could go pretty strong on that, but uh, – That's not my tight five for the comedy store, that's for sure.
1: And now it's time for Death Talk, where every minute we talk about it is one minute we're closer to it.
2: You loyal listeners out
0: there will remember that I was talking about where my dog was killing a chipmunk in front of my children doing the death shake. Got a hold of it (laughs) and whipped it back and forth and broke its neck. And I'm trying to wrestle the chipmunk out of the dog's mouth, thinking my wife has my daughter's about 20 feet away along the side of the road when in fact they're standing right next to me looking at this dead animal hanging out of my dog's mouth. And... I know that my daughters don't understand death, but they are growing ever more comfortable with the idea of it. (laughs)
2: I've grown accustomed to your death.
0: Yeah. We were watching Shark Tale, my wife. The Will Smith vehicle? Yeah. So I don't know the show. I've never seen it. They're watching it, and a shark is chasing Will Smith, not Will Smith, Will Smith, Will Smith as... In shark form. A fish.
1: Whatever he is. He's a fish, yeah.
0: Right. And the shark is hit over the head with an anchor a large anchor and then it slowly grows cold it says ah. i feel so cold as it is being held by its brother another shark what? yes it's, it's amazing and then it dies oh. and, they, and, they, and they have a funeral for it where they all the sharks are standing on top of the sunken titanic deck and they push a wooden coffin over the side and it sinks And I got to hand it to the people who made this movie. Then, completely over the heads of my children, you see the dead shark float back up into frame and then out of the top of the frame. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So, as the shark is being hit in the head, and by the way, my daughter's watched this like five times in the last week. And one of the times I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, guys, uh, that shark, he's just, he's sleeping. (laughs) And my daughter... (laughs) Cecilia looks at me, and she goes, no, he's not dead. He's dead. <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> it was three and a half.
0: And yesterday, my wife watches children. She's a little pre-case. She runs out of the home. And one of the children, during like a nap, they're all looking for one of the children. And I'll call the kid Doris, because that's not her name. And I guess everyone had run in to get a snack because my wife said, hey, let's get a snack. But Doris was still sleeping. And as everyone woke up and ran into the kitchen, no one noticed that Doris was still sleeping and five feet away. And so my wife's like, hey, where's Doris? And everyone runs into the living room. And oddly, there's all sort of encircling her, standing around her, and she's deep asleep. And my wife goes, Doris, Doris. And Cecilia throws her hands up in the air. She goes, oh, mom, she's dead. <laughs> oh no, oh, poor Doris. Poor Doris. She wasn't dead, but my oh. daughter actually thought she was dead, which I they guess Let's just think
1: dead means asleep. Asleep, like just not like a very nap, asleep. Just a long, a, yeah, very asleep.
0: <laughs> right. I've often said that I wouldn't mind the notion of just sort of blackness forever once yeah. I die.
1: So that you could wake up every once in a while and roll roll back yes, over. right? as long
0: as I get to wake up, yeah, and sort of open my eyes, realize I'm getting to take the not longest nap ever, <laughs> feel satisfaction, and then go back to sleep. Yeah, that would be fine. So my daughters are getting to an age now where they they think at least they think they understand death. They're not. They don't understand it, which could be
1: dangerous because if they don't get it, they could accidentally kill somebody. Right. Hey, think, let's yeah. right,
0: let's watch Fonzie die.
1: Let's watch Fonzie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, Fonzie's dead. Would be not, awesome. Then ten minutes later, be like, Daddy, wake Fonzie, you know, wake Fonzie up, make him undead.
0: Right. They're going to be digging up that chipmunk in the backyard. Yeah. They watch me bury. No, you don't understand.
2: You killed Fonzie. I know, yeah. but now he can wake yeah, yeah, up. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, no, no. He's not.
2: He's not coming back, babe. <laughs> Where's Doris? And why do you guys have a bloody ball peen hammer? Uh, she's gone. She's gone. We couldn't do nothing about it. There's Nothing we could do. Vivian is finally, we've started to talk about death with Viva because she's, I could tell that her, her peers, well, she's the same age as your kids, Dave, and like, mm-hmm. I start to hear a lot about dead and killing from her friends on the playground and stuff. I'm killing yes. you. I got killed dead. So they're definitely fascinated by it. So we've introduced that concept now and she still, she still doesn't quite get the, that food used to be animals, but she does know that things stop moving kind of permanently. And she was playing with her little princesses. Her, she's really, really into her magical princesses. That's her favorite thing is those little Disney. And I heard her, she has these really imaginative games. I love to overhear her play with her toys, like the dialogue. Yes. And she had a bunch of them and they were, they were stacking up pillows. And I heard him say, we've got to, we've got to finish this jail before they come back. And I went over <laughs> and I said, well, that sounds very creative. What, what are they building a the jail for? And she said, uh, the becorators, like decorators, but a B. I said, what are decorators?" What are she said, becorators are bad guys, and they freeze you, and then they kill you. And I oh said, well, I guess, guess they better finish that jail. So she went back to build her jail, and I saw her later in the day, and I said, uh, hey, how did all that turn out with the becorators? She said, oh, it's, it's fine, Daddy. The princess has caught them. I said, oh, they caught them? Good, good, good. She said, yeah. And later, they killed them. <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs> One at a time. After they made them beg for their own life. You're going to start
1: finding like decapitated G.I. Joes around your
2: house. Elsa made the decorators dig their own grave. <laughs> <laughs> now get in there. Ariel we'll takes the becorators out in the boat and they just keep saying Hail Mary's over and over and then you hear a bang. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so we were eating salmon the other day. My daughter's Joey her palate's a little more advanced than Cecilia's. Joey was chowing down salmon and you know, they know it's a fish. And so I, I pull up a picture of the fish, <laughs> of the actual fish, of a dude holding a, a salmon that he had yeah. caught. And I, and then I hold up two frozen salmon steaks. And I'm like, this came from the salmon. Oh, You've seen the picture. I'm like trying to make a connection. And it just blanks like thousand yard stairs. I'm like, oh, Okay. Anyway, uh, let us know when those are done, old man. Yeah. Like, they, they just they can't make that death connection. Like, they can't. Like, the idea that this was chopped up. Yeah. And it hit over the head. Its head was cut off. I think you know the first
1: I mean? time Ellie realized what chicken was is when she kind of, like, freaked out a little bit. And what's funny is that she when she made the same realization about bacon and pigs, she didn't have near the same reaction to it because... She said that bacon is so delicious that it's okay.
2: It's worth it. That's spoken like a true Todd's daughter.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that really is.
2: Save the chickens,
0: yeah. eat the pigs. Yeah, I don't care how immoral it is, this human arm is delicious. Yeah.
2: <laughs> sure, Lisa, a wonderful magical animal. <laughs> MKE Lion Tamer on Twitter sent us a link to a commercial and asked if Todd had seen the Amex Lion Tamer. Not Lion Tamer. I'm a photographer. Hold on. He <laughs> goes to Alaska to tame lions. He <laughs> brings a chair,
1: <laughs> and a whip, and a top hat.
2: <laughs>
1: where's all these? Where's all these Alaskan
2: lions? Go ahead and roll that tape.
1: Alaska. Finally, the
2: search for brown bears begins. Denali Highway. Low on gas. Pit stop. Fill up. Double points. Yep. That's cold. Tired. Day two.
0: Coffee. Eggs. Double points. Beautiful. Eject-
1: eggs.
2: He eggs. says eggs. Yeah. Not eggs. It's everything you like. It's uh it's rewards cards and eggs. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> taking a picture taking pictures of bears. The guy's like ten feet from that bear. Like he, he has is... no hope of survival. Well, I wanted to see if <laughs> Chicago Heights, so I can hear from the way he said Denali Highway that probably he was <laughs> like further north, and he's, uh, he's Canadian, and you can tell, like, in his O's and stuff that he's Canadian, but when he gets to eggs, it's, it's eggs.
1: Do you th- where do you think that's coming from, then? Cause eggs, you know, I used to think it's it was my South Side that said eggs, but I mean, I don't know. I might have, I also have some East Coast influence from grow, you know growing up with my mom on the East Coast, and so I don't know where where. Latent Canuck
2: linguistic genes. I got
1: no, I got no Canuck, so I don't know where that's coming from.
2: No, your your eggs is definitely South Side. I guess the question is, where'd he get it from? Maybe, Maybe just because that's the right way to say it. I'm thinking Minnesota. Now I gotta find. Is there a way to put into YouTube like? How people pronounce eggs in Minnesota—is that a thing? Egg.
1: Egg. Egg. I'll I'll work on that, but I don't think I'm ever gonna say egg. Well, let's let's listen to the British pronunciation and the American pronunciation. See if there's a difference.
2: Oh, great. Egg yolk. Oh. Egg yolk.
1: They sound the same to me. <laughs>
2: egg yolk.
0: Egg yolk. Egg yolk. Egg yolk. Gross.
2: Egg yolk. You just want to hear that over and over again. Egg yolk. Egg yolk. Egg yolk. Egg <laughs> yolk. They're only saying yolk differently. They're not saying egg differently. No,
1: they're not. <laughs> I want to turn that into a uh, a, egg little egg a little dance track or yeah. anything. Egg yolk. Like a EDM, you know.
2: Egg yolk. Egg yolk. Egg yolk. Oh, I'm going to top the European dance charts with that. Egg yolk. <laughs> what are you going to call it? Egg yolk. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I was thinking of calling it egg yolks. <laughs> so they'd know over there what I was talking about.
1: Egg yolks. <laughs> Send us a question or a comment for the paternity test mailbag. Just email us at paternitypodcast at com or leave a voicemail at our phone number,
2: 657-BAD-DADS.
1: Whenever you call us, we'll be there. We'll be around.
2: Michael Rice, host of... That preeminent podcast, Opera Now, The Opera Podcast, sent us a link for our Scary Clowns and Filthy Elmos segment. Evidently, Russia, Red Square, has its own problems with Filthy Elmos. Bolshevik, Filthy Elmos. A Wall Street Journal article says that Red Square has been overrun with people dressed as Stalin and Lenin and Trotsky and Ivan the Terrible and Catherine the Great, and that they hustle for tips for photographs from all the tourists in what Kremlin? Yes, I'm
0: surprised that Putin lets this happen.
2: Yeah, you think those guys would go home
0: and never wake up and never wake up, <laughs> disappear? Yeah, but yeah, they. This guy on, on the picture looks a lot like Mr.
2: Stalin. Remember when uh, there was that guy who was like running in an opposition party against Putin, and then he his face started to dissolve because someone had poisoned him with like a radioactive isotope.
0: Oh yeah, they put it in a soup. Uh huh. And, uh, yeah, he got sick over a period of like six months and he died. And then uh, someone who uh, was a vehement protester uh, against Putin was uh, shot about 100
2: yards from the Kremlin about six months ago. I wish we could uh, get some poisonous isotopes for the filthy Elmos, so that we could go back to seeing Broadway shows. without being. Oh, my God. It tells you something about our individual countries that we've got thousands of dirty Marios and Elmos and they've got Stalin's and Lenin's.
0: It's the same thing in Rome. When Nick and I went to Italy, once you get within half a mile of the Colosseum, there are guys dressed up in gladiator costumes, forcing you to take pictures with them, and then they get aggressive with you to give them 20 bucks. So it's it's the same. The human condition is everywhere, unfortunately, Uh, even when you're on a European vacation.
1: Even in ancient Rome.
0: Even in ancient Rome, yeah. I want to know what they did. Then I want to know what in ancient Rome what those people dressed up like.
2: Ancient Greeks, I guess so. Oh man, right? you can't walk five feet in this town without somebody dressed as Socrates or Aristotle right. trying to shake you down for Roman legion exactly. coins with Caesar on them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and now it's time for Cool Dad Luke, where where what we have here is a failure to be cool.
2: Ain't nobody eat fifty eggs. <laughs> well, I've mentioned on the podcast before that we uh, we signed Viva up for a uh, co-op preschool. It's not not quite as, or it wasn't quite as hippy dippy as it sounds. Uh, it basically means it's a preschool where you have to sign up to help. So yeah. the classroom assistants are parents, and all the parents have to be very involved on committees to keep the school.
1: Now, is there a buyout option if you don't want if you if you don't or can't help?
2: I'm surprised there isn't because I'm sure they'd love the cash, and I feel like there's actually more people than committee assignments, so the, mm-hmm. some people are twiddling their thumbs anyway. But uh, no, I don't think you can buy out.
1: And they really are hippy dippy because they're they don't want right, your money; they want your time.
2: Right? They're they're living it. They're walking. Well, the what's a drag is that they want your money too, because <laughs> <laughs> the fact is, like small class sizes is just just doesn't work economically so it's small class sizes with degreed teachers and almost immediately the economics of it just don't function so you have to pay a lot for tuition and you have to come like wash the glasses and grow the garden right you know stack toys
1: so if you're if you're short on tuition one month you can't just volunteer extra time help more i'll uh, help more this month
2: uh, sorry uh, yeah
0: this is the economics of Preschool doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like it, the, the fact that it costs as much to have someone watch your child as it does, as you make in a year, yeah, like it, it doesn't make sense.
2: Well, that happened early on in your fathering, yeah. Todd, right? Like your wife quit her job because you it realized didn't make any only sense. She was working,
0: yeah, she
1: was working uh-huh. for the child care. I mean, what, what, what didn't go towards, t- towards child care went towards gas money for her driving the kids to and from child care from work, and then. <laughs> You know, having to spend money, teachers always end up spending a lot of their own money during the course of the year anyway. And so, you know, she really, really wasn't, we weren't gaining anything. So if she stayed home. We actually made money, I think, when she stayed home (laughs) because she started watching a couple other kids. So then we actually came out ahead than uh, when she was a full-time tenured teacher.
2: You know what really makes me want to open a vein is that everybody, like so many people, put their kid into some kind of depot. So that they can go, go out to get paid watching someone richer's kid. Oh, yeah. And that works all the way up and down the socioeconomic system. Because I will see nannies come to pick up these kids. And I realize that these the nannies' kids are somewhere while they're yes. watching somebody else's kids. And I will frequently drop my kid off at preschool and then go like teach acting to very rich people's kids. And that's, that's so bleak, I can't even get, lift my well, head Well, that's very true.
0: And in, in many cases, those kids are not even in this country. You know, when my wife taught in New York City, she'd teach pre-K level literacy lessons. And, you know, the driver would show up in an Escalade. And, you know, in many cases, there'd be nannies, one nanny per kid in the house. Wow. You know what I mean, wow. there's a driver, there's a chef. There were three nannies. All the while, those nannies are – their kids are in another borough, in another country, or – Maybe
2: I should do that. Maybe I should mail my kid off to another country like to save money on child care, like yeah. the, the, the Warby Parker of uh, child care.
0: You wouldn't be worse off than they were. I mean, I think you're know, talking about people who had not seen their kids in years, and it always blew my mind whenever my wife would talk about that because it meant that the people you are entrusting with your child's life are always – Enveloped in your life, where your kids have everything right, and so you have everything. soaked
2: with resentment for your child, yeah, just up to their eyeballs and resentment for your rotten little child right it it doesn't make sense
1: so matt if you if 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 you and Melissa weren't lucky enough to have parents around who were able to come and do a lot of the watching for you, do you think the situation would be safe for you and 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 your wife lived out of state somewhere and not in your family? Do you think you'd be a stay-at-home dad?
2: Probably because I'm just not as good at uh <laughs> being paid and respected as my wife. So I I think but I but I you know, I cook well and uh you know, I'm great with uh oh, art you projects. could watch other people's kids too. You could have a daddy daycare. Maybe that's it. I would be daddy daycare. Well, this year the the I really like the preschool and the parents are are quite cool. We made friends with a lot of parents last year. But this year they have one experimental group called mixed age. It's just that it's kids who are turning four and kids who are also five, all in one group. And oh, we thought I
1: thought, that be- I thought that would be like a wider range. Four and five are like the same. How Maybe it is wider.
2: Me? Well, it's kids who haven't turned. It's like three and a half to five and yeah. a half, I think. And that's a pretty wide range if you think. About okay. That. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It really it's a big jump. Viva likes to run with the older kids, so we thought that would be good for her. And then for the older kids, they get to learn patience and, you know, everybody gets a lot better at taking turns and so forth. So they'd already run this program as like a pilot program and it worked. So we signed up for it. But what I didn't realize is when you sign up for something that's got experimental, like right in the name, (laughs) that everybody involved is self-selecting. They're all like progressively minded about their kids' education. So this year, it really is hippie preschool. Mm -hmm. I mean, like today I was out on the lawn watching the kids play after pickup. On one side of me was a white lady with dreads, and on the other side, a mom came out in, like, Ray-Bans, and she reached into her bag to uh, get a drink, and she pulled out a mason jar and started drinking her water out of a mason jar. Oh, my gosh. So I had, like, a full-on hippie on one side and a full-on hipster on the other. I heard three different people use the phrase, we try to limit screen time in our house. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody was having a a contest to see who has the least yeah. amount of screen time for their right. child. You know, Well, I'm just thinking about how fast I can get my kid to the car so I can hand her my iPhone with Whisker Haven on it so that I can do something else with my attention. Right, so you can distract her while you vaccinate her in the arm. <laughs> right. We also, just talking to the other parents, there were a couple of parents in the arts last year, but everybody's in the arts this year. There's three or four playwrights. Who the hell is a playwright? And it's Can't like throw a, a stone of without hitting a playwright with our co-op. What kind of playwrights are they? There's a neo-futurist in there. Oh. Uh, there's musical theater people in there. There's uh, uh, all kinds. And, and there's a serial producer in there. There's a, you know, the half the staff of the NPR affiliate in in there. Like it is showbiz oh. up. All three of us are sort of artistically minded or, or, you know, gentle artistic souls, but we grew up in kind of rough areas where we were rare in so far as we are artists. So I think we got mm-hmm. used to that. So I think all three of us like to be the special guy in the room. You know, we're all like spoiled little boys, and we like right. to be really special. So I'm never in a room full of playwrights, so it's great because I'm always the special guy who's a playwright. Or if I am in a room full of playwrights, like if I'm at NYU or something, I'm the rough-and-tumble Chicago guy, and I still get to be special. Mm-hmm. Well, I go here, they're all dads, they're all Chicagoans, and they're all playwrights. So there's, I can't, Think of one special thing about. Me. I just I sat down on the floor. I just cried and cried. I had to call my mom. and say, "Mom, well, what am I special? What <laughs> I mean, reason why I should blow my head off?"
0: <laughs> I I can sympathize with that because I'm I have a really weird set of skills. Look like Brian Mills. I got a really weird set of My name is Brian Mills. I have a very weird set of skills. And <laughs> and if I were put in a room full of me. I would absolutely hate it. I would hate it to death. I would try to choke the energy with my mind in the room, (laughs) because what's fun about that? What what is fun about being with a bunch of other people who can do just what you do? The way you can talk about how great it is to do those things? No, we we're narcissists. We want to one up each other. Yeah, and we want want the respect and admiration. Yeah,
2: with a bunch of corporate guys. It seems like we can do everything because generally if you're good at one artistic right. thing, you can do other stuff too. I mean there's not a lot of people who can sing but not dance. There's not a lot of people who can paint but not cook. You know, it's all kind of – right, 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 Well, and then you look around the room and somebody over there is making crepe Suzette. Somebody over there is making an oil painting. You know, they're all makers. Like every yeah. one of those moms was like making a tent for their child out of hemp while we were sitting there talking. Oh,
0: so obnoxious. <laughs> i have to say there are there are areas of art that i know i have no business uh no business attempting anything culinary or any any type of painting or drawing or art of that sort i I don't dance i can move
2: even being a move makes you stand out at the state farm convention you know i suppose so but I, i do have an appreciation
0: for those people and i can separate myself and have admiration for what they do i suppose yeah
2: Well, I've been back in Chicago for several years now, and as you know, I bitch daily that I can't have any substantive conversations about the arts in Chicago because everybody's such a thug, including the people in the arts in Chicago, largely. I feel like you know I just want to go back to New York and have New York-y conversations about New York arts. Well, now I'm in a room full of people who can really talk the talk, and I immediately didn't like it. It's like I wished on a monkey's paw.
0: (laughs) What about the – I mean the serial producer and the. Oh the no, they're awesome!
2: People. They can totally talk the talk. They're the people that I've been hoping to meet for seven years, and the second I met them, I had a narcissistic conniption and can't stand them. <laughs> oh
0: my god, I can picture the teacher coming over to you, Matt. Come <laughs> on, go play with go play with Sarah Koenig. She wants to talk to you. <laughs> no, no, I don't play with her. I just, her toys are stupid. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Why don't you and I or Glass go over there and build with blocks? No. No, he's ugly. He talks in a halting fashion and it upsets me.
0: (laughs) He's too self-involved with his own voice and I don't like his glasses. (laughs) His hair is much grayer than six months ago in the last picture I saw him in. He's (laughs) aging very rapidly.
2: Yeah, he moved to New York and somebody burned a picture of him in the attic or something because he's like getting really old all of a sudden. (laughs)
1: Well, folks, it's time for another episode of the Paternity Test to send the kids down to the corner to buy Daddy his smokes. There's a South Beach Toe Marathon on True TV.
0: Follow us on Twitter at The Dad Test, like us on Facebook, and visit our website, paternitypodcast.com, or email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com.
2: Catch us Tuesdays at chicagoparent.com and call our voicemail 657-BAD-DADS. Tell your friends about the show and consider a donation to the show via our PayPal link at paternitypodcast.com.
1: All right, everybody, remember, make sure your young kids understand what being dead really means before you catch them trying to wake up grandma at the funeral home. And until next time, best of luck passing the paternity test. (laughs)